Hey Queens, are you ready to level up? Then join our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy where you can find weekly bonus content and FDS commentary on all the latest pop culture, relationship and dating news. If you just want to listen to the extra bonus content, we have the lurker mode tier on our Patreon. If you want merchandise, access to the private FDS Patreon discord, which also includes a monthly book club with FDS and feminist themed books, as well as FDS merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, and the opportunity to discuss topics with the FDS podcast queens live, as well as submit stories for our Rose Disco Queen and Nasus discussions on the podcast itself. So if you'd like access to all this and more, visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. What's up, queens? Welcome to the Female Dating Strategy Podcast, the meanest female-only podcast on the internet. I'm Ro. I'm Savannah. And I'm Lilith. And it's the end of our first year of podcasting. Woo! (laughs) 2021, we did it. We survived. We've only done now 40 or so episodes, but it just feels, it feels like we've been doing this for a long time. (laughs) Yes, it's actually wild how quickly it's gone. I remember it was around this November last year when like Ro first pitched the idea and I was like, okay, this is going to be like huge, but I'm ready to do it. And we did it. Yeah. Because I look around other podcasts and a lot of them don't post like 40 episodes in a year they might do 40 episodes in two years or three years because they spread it out and do like seasons and stuff so yeah i'm proud of us that we've got to 40 episodes i'm mm-hmm. proud of us yeah we're killing it and we've picked up a really nice community on our patreon that we're always talking to via discord so much appreciated to everyone who's sponsored our patreon so far and who continues to tune in um i looked at you know, where we are compared to other podcasts who launched this year. And we're actually doing really, really, really well. So thumbing our nose at the haters. (laughs) Yeah. The only people we're not doing better than are people who are already celebrities or who already had a platform or were journalists and so on. And so for a bunch of three anonymous women on the internet, we're doing quite well. Yeah. We don't even have like a, a video chat or video YouTube or streaming or anything like that. So we're doing really, really well for an audio only format. (laughs) And we just launched Female Political Strategy, so check that out Woo! as well. So that's also a big undertaking. So, so so for three amateurs and now a fourth amateur podcaster, I say we're doing pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm stoked. But enough of this bean flicking. No. Self-masturbatory. Congratulating. We're so great. Yeah. (laughs) We're great. Honestly, we're awesome, though. Uh. (laughs) So a few weeks ago, we asked you, the listener, to submit your nominations for the FDS Oscars, FDS end of year show. Um, So we have five categories that we ask you to submit your nominations for. So this episode, we will go through the nominations and announce the winners of the first FDS end of year show. End of year? I think it should be Oscars. Oscars. FDS. FDS Oscars. The FDS Academy Award. The Academy of FDS. Yeah. I wish we had a theme song. If anybody wants to produce a FDS end of year award theme song, we'd love it. (laughs) Yeah. So first category is obviously best queen shit moment. We have to celebrate our queens. Second one is most roastable scrote. That's my most favorite one, actually. That's the most hilarious one. It has the most comedy <laughs> gold. 
there's pick me hall of shame um yeah like hopefully those sisters can level up someday and join our you know illustrious ranks <laughs> uh highest value man and favorite fds moment so that's the five categories so should, which one do you want to start with ladies so let's start from the top let's start with the best queenship moment so we had a few nominations for this one the first one was from a reddit user who just said gail dines three exclamation marks <laughs> every single person said gail dines like not every person but most of the submissions were gail dines and i love gail dines. i do i do agree with that gail dines having her on not once but twice was was pretty epic i have to say yeah, so I, I have to say I'm biased in favor of Gail Dine. So I'm in, I don't know how if we're gonna do like fan favorites or if we're gonna like vote between the three of us. We haven't even announced the other nominees, but I already vote Gail Dines. <laughs> there was uh, Ro got a special nomination for blue balling horny scrapes at the club with first of all, I'm a Christian. <laughs> first of all, I'm a Christian. Am I nominated? <laughs> Ro, you got nominated. Guys, I'm so surprised. <laughs> i'm so overwhelmed with this attention do the like oh my gosh me you picked me like the hands on your face thing wow oh my God. did you pick me? you like me you really like me tell us more about that Ray. for the uh queens who are not acquainted with your little um scam <laughs> tell us tell us for those who didn't listen to that episode yeah that was from our casual sex episode that was when i was still trying to be like i was i was still a christian but kind of dipping my toes into secular culture so i would go to when i was a teenager i used to go to these teen clubs they had a couple different ones would be 14 and up 16 and up or 18 and up and they were they're basically dry clubs but they're just like nightclubs you go and you dance you grind and you make out with cute boys and so I would go out with my friends and we would dress in our best, uh, I'm trying to remember like the chain store and that was popular then. We would dress in our best fast fashion with like body glitter and tube tops and booty shorts and hot pants, you know, the whole nine, the whole millennial nine, yeah. winged eyeliner, et cetera. And then we'd go and you'd meet cute guys and we'd flirt with them and make out with them. And then if a guy wanted to have sex with me, I would just pull the Christian card. I'd be like, yeah. uh, first of all, I don't know what you thought this was. Just because I've been licking your earlobe all night doesn't mean we're fucking, okay? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, yeah, no, and that was successful for me for literally years. Um, <laughs> it's weird to me that men won't respect your no if you just say no, but they'll respect God. Well, yeah. <laughs> If you're like, and I've done this before, where if I'm if I'm about to have sex with a guy and he doesn't want to wear a condom, I'll be like, I'm actually pro life. I'm, I'm actually so real life. I'm pro choice, but I'll tell guys I'm pro life, like to be like, oh, if we got pre if I got pregnant, I would definitely keep it and go after you for child support. Nothing makes him want to wrap it up faster than that. Yeah. Mm. Pro tip for ladies: pretend to be Christian. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. To get men to respect your boundaries. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> You know, should be enough, but let's be real. Most men, the only thing preventing them from being shitty is the fear of God. So there's that. <laughs> um, so based on user upvotes, I would say, though, that the winner of the best queenship moment was Gail Dines. Thank you so yeah. much, Gail, for your support of the podcast and for coming on. Gail's just, I'd say that's well-deserved. And Ro gets an honorary mention for Blue Balling Men. Also, I just want to mention two. So Ro is our runner-up, but I do want to mention two other honorable mentions, which was Adele turning her mediocre ex-marriage into an album that's likely to make millions. 
and Taylor Swift coming out with a 15-minute extended song about her breakup with Jake Gyllenhaal. I always stand our musically talented queens roasting their exes. It's a whole thing, a whole genre that I love. So I just wanted to mention those as uh, that we did get those submissions. So Yeah, Taylor Swift re-recording her album was also a queen moment. To roast a man. Not even just to roast a man, but to prevent Scooter Braun from making money off her old catalog. Mm. So the reason why she re-recorded the albums in the first place is because Scooter Braun, I believe, owns her masters on her original albums. And so she doesn't want him to make money. So she re-recorded everything. So queen. Boss. <laughs> Taylor Swift, keeping her well-polished stiletto on the back of the scrotes necks in the music industry. I stand. I stand. Yeah. So our second category is most roastable scrote. We got a lot of submissions for this one. <laughs> the field was packed for this it's one. It's a very crowded field. <laughs> Top comment, most upvoted, is the fucking bedness guy. Oh, like, my God. Word for word. Poop emoji. There was a woman who had never sl- spent the night at her boyfriend's house, and then when she tried to, she figured out he slept in a nest made of his old dirty clothes. No, 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 worse. She actually tried to defend him by saying, oh, he says the clothes are all clean, but it smelled bad. So, I mean, I don't know how truthful that is. Yeah, he's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> it was probably clean. <laughs> he probably did wash it, but he thinks it's clean because he didn't actually wear them. But if he's been sleeping in them, then they're still full of his body sweat and hair and skin particles yeah so yeah bed nest guy that's a strong contender the other one if we're going by reddit posts uh the slug guy slug story guy those are the two most disgusting reddit stories i think is the slug story and the bed nest guy the two worst men of reddit the slug story was a a guy that was literally pulling slugs out of his garden and then putting in his wife's food Mm. just some passive aggressive weirdo shit (laughs) <laughs> i want to say i have actually like the reddit user who posted the original story i do check in with her reddit profile from time to time and she's still alive so i want to say she's still okay she did not die from the slug story so i'm happy that's about good that. i hope she's okay yeah but she did get a parasite apparently so there's that oh my god yeah so we we've gone over the reddit scrotes let's go over some celebrity scrotes yeah we got chris pratt crisp rat uh, for shading his ex... Anna Ferris. Anna Ferris, yeah. Uh, for shading his... He basically said... He said that he loves his new wife for giving him, like, a healthy child, which is so mean because his ex, ha- like, Anna Ferris has a... They have a disabled child together. And I just think that's so fucking callous and, like, messed up. Like, that's just actually mean. Like, that's just straight up evil. And the other celebrity scrote is David Portnoy from our David Portnoy episode for basically being, like, a sexual predator. Yeah, he's disgusting in every conceivable way. We also got two submissions from our Patreon Roast to Scrotes. Uh, One comment reads, The Whiskey Dick. I'll never forget the crazy wall, the sundress on the damp grass, and the 12 different locations, and the pathetic sip of Jack Daniels left warm in the house. That was a pretty bad one. Yeah, that that was an iconic moment. That was yeah. like, wasn't that our first versus scrote? Our very first versus scrote was <laughs> was whiskey dick, right? It was that guy who gave her the warm whiskey and then took her to like 12 different locations, didn't pay a cent, negged her the entire time. He was a horrible guy. Yeah, that was a really iconically bad roast to scrote. Like, or iconically good, I guess, roast, but an iconically bad scrote. Yeah, that roast was actually our very first roast and it was on the Boomers, Coomers, and Consumers episode, one of our most popular episodes to date. So go check out that episode. 
So yeah, whiskey dick and explosive diarrhea. Yeah, the explosive diarrhea scrote from the Femstills episode. Let's give him a teaser. Story behind the explosive diarrhea guy was the user who submitted the the story. One of her friends had tried to hook her up with a coworker, and she goes over his house for the date, and he's hungover and basically blew up the bathroom while she was there. So it was just really disgusting all around, <laughs> and he didn't plan it all for the date. It looked pretty gross. So yeah, check that out on our Fem Cells episode. Our episode called um, Overcoming a Defeatist Mindset, Fem Cells, Wig Towels, Rad Fem Separatists, and Explosive Diarrhea. I would also like to chuck in an honorary mention. I would like to nominate all of Reddit for Scrote of the Year. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I can't even think of any particular such, just all of Reddit. Literally every male Redditor. (laughs) (laughs) I I declare war on every male Redditor, every single one, off to the gulags for you. All of you watch porn, you're irredeemable, you troll women, you're misogynistic, you guys deserve to be uh, put in labor camps. Just the number of times, like, a woman will set a basic standard, like, I wish my partner, you know, washed his ass and gave a shit about me. And there'll be some scrot saying, you sound like you're from a female dating strategy. Fuck you guys. You are all scrotes in the year. <laughs> fuck the lot of you. <laughs> fuck you. Just because it's accurate doesn't mean, like, fuck you. <laughs> it's because of scrotes like them that female dating strategy exists. So once again, thank you, but also fuck you and the horse you rode in on. <laughs> And it was funny because we did a Twitter space a few days ago where someone asked, oh, don't you think it's hypocritical that you make fun of male Redditors all the time, even though you're women who started on Reddit? And we're like, no, because men on Reddit are... Because we're women. Yeah, one, because we're women. Like, we have no problem differentiating the female population of Reddit from the male population. Because the female population is on Reddit for, like, skincare addiction. Mm. Gardening, crochet. Gardening, pictures of puppies, etc. The male population of Reddit is overwhelmingly there for the porn. Yeah. And political grandstanding. <laughs> to put it into perspective, like the female dating strategy is often touted as the worst like subreddit on Reddit, right? But if you look at the the subreddits that, you know, the the men like to frequent, like Rose said, the, the pornography ones. Like degrading holes. It is it isn't <laughs> even just like straight porn. That will be bad enough. But we're talking about things like degrading holes, like dead eyes. Um, just things which basically see women being tortured for the sexual gratification of men, but that's a-okay. Like you can't compare the two. And yes, you know, at FDS, we aren't ashamed to say that we have double standards, but we have double standards for good reasons because men and women are not, you know, we're not motivated by the same things generally speaking. Yeah. And men, and there's plenty of women that don't like FDS, but what they don't is like send us pictures of their genitalia and, uh, curse us out or report us to report us. Like, i got one dm on reddit that and this is actually one of the last messages i got on reddit before i was like yeah i don't i'm done with reddit um like some guy sent a meal message saying that he wants to kidnap me and put me in a breeding farm to like force me to have babies um yeah i think men on reddit are irredeemable they're fucking incels even the ones that even the ones that aren't actively sending shitty dms to women just the fact that, like, when I talk to another male Redditor and I'd be like, oh, this is a fucked up shit, shit that happens to me on Reddit. They're like, yeah, well, like, women and men experience the internet differently and, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, they never condemn those fucking guys, right? Because they are those fucking guys. They just don't want to admit it. Yeah, it's them. It's just them under an alt account. Yeah. They're just pretending that they're good guys to you 
but knowing that they're going to log into their alt's account and then be calling you all type of femcell and hoping you get raped and murdered, et cetera. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, mm. the reason why FDS is constantly on lockdown is because of the male population of Reddit. Yeah. We do have female critics, but they're just not anywhere near as hostile and, and insane. So trying to pretend once again that males and females are the same, they use this tool the same, is just demonstrably false. And generally speaking, it's a key difference between men and women. You know, when women dislike something, we tend to just avoid it entirely. But when men dislike something, they're not, they don't just avoid it. They actively seek to destroy it, even if destroying it brings them no material benefit. They just get into that destructive mindset. And that's what happens with FDS. A lot of these men, there's no, they don't have any skin in the game. They just want to see FDS destroyed for reasons unknown. And that's why I end every single podcast with Die Mad, because if they bothered to listen to this, despite it demonstrably not really being for them, and they're still mad, that's a you problem, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, Right? So. (laughs) But uh, our Reddit rant aside, I do think, though, if we're going off the user winner, the the clear winner was the Bednest guy. Yeah, so the fan favorite was Bednest. My favorite is... um, Actually, no, you know what? Like, I think, yeah, I think I'm going to go with all of Reddit, to be honest. All of Reddit. Yeah, we literally hate that site with our entire being. And it's one of those sites that has the benefit of being first. We did actually get a lot of really good submissions for roastable scrotes from Reddit in general. And so just to, because we couldn't pick which one is the best, we're just going to choose all of Reddit. Yeah. So next category, pick me Hall of Shame. The most uh, submitted name was... The do the patriarchy to me. What was her name? Tracy Clark Flory. Tracy Clark Flory. Yeah, where do we start with that? We we did a whole episode actually roasting her article about, you know, what was it like? So the episode's called Jezebel.com Goes Inside Us. And it was roasting an article that she wrote on Jezebel.com. And to be fair, we knew the Jezzies were never going to be our friend because they were partially why there's such a rebellion against certain aspects of liberal feminism. And they were ground zero for a lot of the ideas that we we critique today. Um, she got flamed on our Twitter after she s- released her book. She was on a book tour for her book called, uh, yeah, um, Want Me. And it's basically a pick me handmaiding manual, or at least from all the excerpts that were released. It was all about how she was just begging guys to want her while pretending to be sexually empowered. So mu- there was just so much there. And she wrote, she wrote an original article called, literally called Do the Patriarchy to Me. And it was really like over-sexualized and weird. And it came across like a um, a very, very porn sick woman yeah. who was like trying to, in her head, reconcile her um, feminist credentials while her weird porn sickness. Basically relitigating and rehashing out the same sex wars that have existed for quite some time, but just in a really navel-gazing, narcissistic way, in addition to... Uh, the gratuitous sex descriptions that just came across very cringe. So then this person decides that she wants to do a critique of female dating strategy and uh, doing a couple things like trying to compare us to the red pill, misrepresenting some of our positions, calling us all the phobics. I think she called us neoliberals. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's saying that we were neoliberals, a lot of cherry pick stuff, a lot of out of context stuff, a lot of stuff that she claimed that we says that when you look at the full post was the complete opposite. Like she does that thing that like tabloid news articles or just like bad journalism in general do where they take a quote, they take out the part that doesn't fit in the narrative and just put like an ellipsis. So they'll like edit your words. They'll be like the dot, 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 female, dot, 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 said dot, 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 you know, like... <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. to try to force it to say whatever they want it to say, even if that's not what the original text says at all, right? So not even like misinformation, it's actually disinformation. Like they're actively trying to mislead the public or they're, they're actively trying to misre- mislead whoever reads the articles. Because most people, they'll just read an article. They don't go and look at the actual sources, right? Um, it's just basically propaganda. But the best part about Tracy Clark Flory is that she admitted, and this is like the biggest self-own, she never had an orgasm with any of the men that she was hooking up with until the last one who ended up becoming her husband. Yeah, I feel bad for her because it just it feels like she bought hook, line, and sinker a lot of the narratives that we now rail against. But I think the difference in why it's so hard for us to kind of sympathize with her is that she continues to do it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Even, even in her mea culpa want me, she doesn't take the time to be like, oh, maybe... Um, I got like brainwashed by porn culture, didn't take any time to or think critically about her own internalized misogyny. She just immediately went to, no, wait, I watch all this fucked up porn because I want to girl boss, like that that kind of thing. Right. Like there's no critical thought. It's just like some women just have rape fantasies, like is basically her whole shtick. Right. So the fact that like, even when she admits that she never came from all and that she was lying to us all these years. She's still lying. Like, she's still lying. And we've heard from multiple people who used to write for Jezebel. There's quite a few former writers for Gawker Inc. or Jezebel um, on female dating strategy that there is a lot of uh, pressure to write things like that. And so Tracy Clark Flory just comes across like one of the pickneys that survived this very uh, male-centric or male-focused focus on feminism. It's another example of uh, men in media curating feminism so that it doesn't actually have any teeth or is not a threat to them. Right. Yeah. And, and Tracy Clark Flory is like queen pick me of that. We did talk to a blue check Cosmo writer in one of our Twitter spaces a few weeks ago. And she actually did say that when you're in a writing room, like there have been times where she'd write something and it just wouldn't get accepted or wouldn't go through because it didn't fit the narrative or times where she'd been told to write something just because like, that's just what the boss wanted to publish, you know, so be aware that these media companies, even if the author is female, be mindful of who are bosses, who the media company is and who, you know, who owns those media companies? It's men, right? Yeah. I mean, and it's tough because anybody I would nominate for a biggest pick me award. Yes. It tends to be either conservative media or liberal media. And it's the same thing. Who's that woman from Evie who kept dragging us on FDS? I can't remember her name, but she, yeah, the conservative media tends to just call us fem cells and say like, oh, you'll never get a man that way. Ha ha ha. And this is why men are not getting married because of women like you and all your crazy demands. So conservative pick me's like Lauren Chen. And uh, I can't remember the head of Evie magazine, but Evie's, Evie's basically like conservative Cosmo. Yeah. So I feel like for us, the, the pick me's that get under our skin are like the media pick me's, the ones that work for most of these male centric media conglomerates and then continuously push the pro-porn anti-FDS message. And with that, completely misrepresenting what we're about. I know we made fun of like a pick me I can't even remember her real name now. Dominique. Yeah. Dominique something. Dominique Sisley. Dominique Dominique Sisley. Sisley. She wrote for the Vice article. She wrote the Vice article. Erin Taylor as well. Erin Taylor from The Verge. You know, there's a lot of these type of women who I'm like, again, it may not be entirely their fault. They might be pressured to write articles to with this kind of bent. No, these sorts of women, they want to write these articles and they're just the ones who get picked by the media conglomerates. Like, 
no, I, 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 I do see them as like complicit because they, they have this narrative and they're the ones who benefit from them. Like they benefit from patriarchy. Like they're being handpicked by patriarchs basically by men in charge to write narratives, uh, not beneficial to women. Yeah. The latest is Monica Greep from daily mail. It's interesting because, yeah, they always, all of the criticism has come from female authors in major media publications. And that feels very deliberate, right? Use a female mouthpiece. It's a psyop. Like Elle said in episode one of Female Political Strategy, she's like, it's the ultimate psyop is get someone who looks like you to say the thing that goes against your interests, right? Exactly. So there's like Emma Sales. There's a there's just been a bunch of women who have been recruited to uh, drag FDS. And look, listen, I don't expect everyone to agree with everything on FDS, but I just don't like the purposeful false misrepresentation and false equivalency. Yeah. To things like to extremist like real extreme extremist groups that have led to real world violence, like red pill, make chow, incels, etc. Right. It's entirely an unfair characterization. Mm-hmm. It just solely exists to create a created equivalency between us and the, like the far right extremist manosphere to basically placate men and make it feel like, well, things that we are talking about is equally outrageous, right? When it's nowhere near the sort. You know, the sort of people who are not perpetually online, most normies, they come across FDS and they're just like, what? This is just common sense. Why are these people famous and why are they so hated for saying common sense, right? It's like, I don't know. I just feel like the people who get most upset about us are the men who just know that they wouldn't make the cut. And the women who get upset about us, I don't know. Like, they just think that they're going to get special pick-me points for uh, pandering to those kinds of low-value men. And I'm just like, sis. The sad part is, like, if you look at, I mean, these women get paid so little at these major publications at that, that you just wonder, like, was it really, really worth it? Yeah, was it really worth like throwing women as a class under the bus for like what $200, $300 as a freelancer to write this article, you know? Yeah. But for them, again, like these sorts of women, they value women so little and they value male breadcrumbs so much that I'm sure in their mind they're like, yeah, it was worth it. And- yeah, I mean, they just, I mean, every office has a culture and so they probably get caught up in, you know, whatever their editor wants and thinks. So. Um, yeah, so our, 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 what's our, who's our, I think Queen Pick Me is still Tracy Clark Flory, but honorable mentions to all of the rest of the female journalists have decided to make FDS their punching bag this year. And, and also Lauren Chen got a special mention as well. Shas, I mean, we touched on conservative talking heads, but yeah, she got a special mention as well. Yeah, so I'd say the winner of this category would definitely be Tracy Clark Flory. Strong contender runner-up would be Lauren Chen. And honorable mentions would be Dominique Ciesley, Aaron Taylor, and what was the one of the Daily Fail article? Monica something? Uh, Monica Grape. Yeah, cool. There. Those are all the queen pick-me's of this year. Hey, queens, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast and looking for advertisers? Consider using our sponsor, podcorn.com. We primarily use Podcorn to find our advertisers. It's a great matchmaking service between advertisers and podcast creators. Podcorn is a marketplace that connects podcasters to amazing podcast sponsorship opportunities, such as host read ads, interview segments, topical discussions, and more. Which is awesome, and it makes the job so much easier. The marketplace mission of Podcorn is to give 
podcasters' transparency, creative freedom, and full control of how and when we're able to monetize. Click on the link in the show notes to sign up to Podcorn and start browsing your sponsorship opportunities. So sign up to Podcorn today and who knows, maybe one day they will be sponsoring one of your episodes just like they've sponsored this one. Explore sponsorship opportunities and start monetizing your podcast by signing up at podcorn.com forward slash podcasters. That's podcorn.com forward slash podcasters. Check the link in the show notes. So the next category is the highest value man. I have to read out this comment on Reddit. It just says, <laughs> it just says error 404, page not found. <laughs> <laughs> There's another one there, like high, for the category highest value man, they're like, hmm, question mark. Who dead? Who dead? Confused face. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we have had a lot of, I guess, more informal uh, nomination. So, uh, a user shared, um, an anecdote of Pierce Brosnan for proudly showing off his gorgeous wife who doesn't meet the sick beauty standards of Hollywood. I do actually find them really, really cute. Like, I love the way, like, he looks at her like she is the best thing he's ever seen. Yeah. Like, it's really, 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 really cute. Um, and he gets a lot of flack because she's gained weight over their marriage. Um, but at least outwardly facing, that hasn't changed the way he's looked at her. So yeah. I really respect that. And notice they only do this to women, by the way. I did a tweet a while ago where, with a female fitness model who had a husband who blew up, who was already big in their wedding pictures, but they were married for 15 years. And now he's like very, very, very big. And no one stops and says, oh, he's so huge. Why does she still like him? All the men are like congratulating her, but no one stops and says and attacks the way that he looks now, right? So it's weird. It's just a double standard in the way that women are allowed to exist on the internet versus men. It's a problem if women gain weight and men have no problem attacking any man that stays with a woman who gains weight. But when you see the opposite, it's radio silence and crickets. Just call back to our episode, Body Shaming Men for Their Own Good, which was another one of our controversial episodes. You know, notice how men police men to keep their standards high, right? Like, they'll they'll attack a man for dating a woman who's the same age as him. Like, they attacked Keanu Reeves for dating an age-appropriate, uh, you know, artist. Um, like, a woman basically similar age as him. Uh, they'll attack Pierce Brosnan for not divorcing his wife because she gained weight. Um, but they, when women police each other, it's always to keep our standards low. Mm. Like that's kind of the fucked up thing about like, that's just like so fucked up to me. Right. Like the women who complain about FDS, they're like, Oh, it's not nice to, you know, judge a guy based on his height or his dick size or his income or whatever, blah, blah, blah. Like keep them standards low, sis. And the men are like, keep them standards high, high King. And I'm just like, I don't know. It's just the upside down world. I feel like I'm in the upside down world. Like (laughs) this is the opposite of how it should be. No, agreed. And that's a very deliberate cultural phenomenon that I think is crafted by men. Right. Yeah. To, to benefit them, to benefit themselves, to teach women to police each other's standards, to stay low. And they obviously police women's standards to stay low, but then police men's standards to stay high. Right. Any guy that does anything they think is, um, nice to women you know they get called all sorts of simp and yeah derogatory slurs for gay people etc so 
it's really, really unfortunate thing. We've had a few more uh, nominations. I want to nom- oh, for Highest Value Man, right? Yeah, I want to nominate that amazing guy who stood by his girlfriend's cancer treatment. He massaged her, entertained her, like made her meals, and organized a parade for her. I think that is all like well and good, but it just goes to show just how low that the bar is for men. Like, how many women stay with their husbands who are sick and take care of them and they don't get any recognition if a man does that? Again, because we're used to men leaving their wives when they get cancer. There's even a study on it. Um, So, yeah, when a man doesn't abandon his wife or girlfriend, it's like, wow, he's such a great guy. Yeah. Yeah. And then we had another one of the man in his kid's TikTok video. He still takes his wife out and gets excited for their date nights after 20 years of marriage. Again, that's sweet, but that should be the bare minimum. Um, so <laughs> it's honestly quite telling that we're sort of scraping the barrel here with the HVM nominations. I said it's tough because sometimes, uh, the guy can do something publicly that looks high value, but be a total screw behind the scenes. So some of it is everyone's... John Cena. Yeah, right. So some of it is everyone's hesitancy to crown someone a high value male just based on small snippets of their life, right? Because... True. Derek Jackson, true. Derek Jackson, oh That's God. True. <laughs> uh, I'm surprised it was actually nominated for biggest scrote, to be fair. But we yeah. didn't get a chance to roast him this year, but... <laughs> we will next year, don't worry. I want to do an episode declaring war on every male dating coach. Hell and we're going to yeah. take, like... That's coming. In the, in the comments of this episode on the Reddit thread, comment any male dating coaches you want us to drag, because we have Derek Jackson, Matthew Hussey, and I think Kevin Samuels. And, you know, we want to maybe do two more. There's so many of these male dating coaches and i wrote a big rant on my twitter about it where i feel like their entire existence is to police women's response to disrespect exactly right and they're like trickle trickle information that you should have a little bit more self-respect than you um have but at the same time gaslighting you into dealing with men who openly disrespect you by trying to tell you it's a lack of uh soft skills that you have when it's just men disrespecting you because they can Mm. yeah male dating coaches also perpetuate patriarchy by thinking there's some kind of simple gimmick and solution and trick you can do in response to like turn a man around or turn a man's disrespect into something else or that you can trick a man into loving you you can trick a horrible person into uh being good just for you right that's what they're trying that's the hope and the dream that they sell women through all their books and tricks etc and it's just a big scam and i hate it and i hope we put them out of business so yeah should we just leave the the category for highest value man should we just leave that blank this year and hope that another (laughs) man wins next year no i want i keep hope alive let's let's congratulate the guys for the high value behavior that we did see so that's fine we just hope that next year we can find a more complete picture of a guy yeah So, the final category is the favourite FDS moment. So, we've had a few special mentions, again, from our users. We got one for Detty Peaks. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I accept that nomination on behalf of my wonderful mother, even though that used to traumatise me as a child. I'm glad I can look back on it with (laughs) fondness, and I'm glad it made you laugh as well. She'll be very, very honoured to... Tell your mom, by the way, mom, you won an award on our, you won a made up award on our podcast. You're, <laughs> you got nominated, I guess. Um, I'll text her now, actually. But yeah, thank you very much for that. Yeah. She's, she's a base queen. 
Um, we also got another nomination for uh, when we hit 200k followers. And that was actually a few, I think it was a few weeks after the sub went temporarily private. And then like all of Reddit were like, oh, is this the end for FDS? Dun, dun, dun. And then we get 200k. Rolls eyes. Rolls eyes to the back of head. They were all like gleefully eating their popcorn thinking that we were going to get canceled. And I was like, you thought, bitch, you thought. I remember one user was saying it was like a civil war in there. I'm just like, mate, this is not the Avengers. Like it wasn't like, <laughs> like we're not Thanos versus the Avengers. Like, and just, it just goes to show you how men just exaggerate and lie about so much shit. Like, yeah. They were just talking about it like it was like some civil war, like the War of the Roses in England. And I was like, it wasn't like that at all. I love that we live rent-free in these dudes' heads. Like, when the subreddit shutdown was going on, and even just like, just normal, just interacting with people online, I just, I constantly find out about like dudes just like talking shit about me. I'm just fucking ignoring them. And right, like the, the, the fact that like, I live rent-free in their heads and that I don't think about them at all. Mm. Chef's kiss, <laughs> you know, like it just it just makes me feel so wholesome and like get peace inside. Yeah, it was interesting watching the meltdown that was happening in the manosphere. They were like, "Oh, it's finally, it's finally going to go away," and that I don't, I don't know where they got that idea from. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. They all, and they all say, oh, I, I prefer male friends because men don't do drama. I'm like, no, men can be just as fucking dramatic. Oh, they love drama. They live for the drama. Men love drama. And they fucking lie so much as well. They lie about shit as well. Men live for drama. They're the first ones yeah. in mess. Don't ever let men convince you otherwise. <laughs> so honorable mention to the thing that kicked off the subreddit shutdown, which is our female political strategy episode with Elle. Yeah. Which we did just launch on December 6th of this year. So thought it was a bit of an overreaction by the population of the FDS subreddit, but. <laughs> oh yeah. And if you listen to that episode on the FDS podcast with L and you didn't like it, I'd really like for you to listen to at least the first episode of female political strategy. Uh, and if you still don't like it, that's cool. We can part ways. Hope you have a great life, but I would, it would mean a lot if you would give L another chance by listening to that first episode. I have to say, I was a little bit disappointed in the complete lack of faith in us. And then also, uh, the the amount of people who hadn't listened to the episode who were just mad. <laughs> that was weird, too. <laughs> that we talked to a conservative. Yeah. That was honestly, like, the wildest thing. I literally saw somebody write, like, an essay. It must have been at least 1,500 words in comment because she, she hit the comment limit. And then she had to write another uh, another two comments to get in what she wanted to say. So she wrote a lot. And she started with... Oh, I haven't actually listened to the episode, but here's what I've heard. I was like, how can you write this about something that you haven't listened to? And it wasn't even Elle that was misrepresented. Like it was all of us really. True. Like somebody came out and said, I'm, that I, that I said I'm right wing when I never said anything of the sort. Um, and it just got, it, it, I was just quite, I mean, maybe again, I'm a Brit, so conservatives here, even though they're complete fucking assholes, they're not, they don't seem as insane if there's such a spectrum as the conservatives in the US. <laughs> so that might have been why. An English person who votes Tory is actually more left wing than an American Democrat. Yes, exactly. Like, let that sink in. Like, the United States has two right wing parties. 
in my view, at least from my perspective, right? Um, there's no true, like, and, and, you know, I, I didn't appreciate all the people saying like, oh, was FDS secretly alt-right all along? And was FDS secretly white supremacist all along? <laughs> what? We're, we're funded by the alt-right. That made me laugh so much. <laughs> Are they secretly a CIA psyop? Are they actually like secretly funded by Richard Spencer or whatever? Who, by the way, Richard Spencer walked in on one of our spaces and we did not let him speak and we dragged him. That's like another... like. This was not, uh, the call for submissions happened before that Richard Spencer moment. But I have to say that's one of my proudest moments is Richard Spencer getting rejected by FDS. Yeah. So what happened is we hosted a Twitter space. And for some reason that none of us understand, Richard Spencer, the white supremacist, listened in and then was trying to grab the mic. And he got flamed by literally everyone there, including myself. Yeah. I think I called him like a, a, <laughs> a festering boil on humanity. His constant constipation was morphing into internalized leprosy that was bleeding onto the human populace. I don't know. And then I hope to get Elbin in the face with the force of, of the 40 million people who died during World War II so that we didn't have to listen to his dumbass argument. Anyways, I'm really proud of that because a lot of people were, were quote, tweeting the space with like, ah, fucking Richard Spencer, what a loser. He's a fucking basement dwelling, like, incel. I have zero idea why he thought it was appropriate to crash our space, and I'm actually just gobsmacked at the audacity isn't he also like super broke because he had to pay out loads yeah he's poor um i'm not sure if i'm confusing him with alex jones but i think richard spencer's didn't he like lose a lawsuit or something so he's broke but his his parents have a ton of money so i don't know that he's ever personally had a ton of money his parents have but yeah i think he's been sued so many times i'm sure he's personally broke Oh, didn't you laugh about the time he got punched in the face? And you're like, I don't think he got punched in the face enough. I don't think he got punched in the face hard enough. <laughs> oh my god. I can't even laugh because I'm just I'm just gobsmacked at the audacity. The male audacity. We said from the beginning, by the way, this is a female-centric space. Men can listen, but they are not allowed to speak. And a lot of men took issue with that. And I guess Richard Spencer just thought, oh, because uh, I'm famous, they'll make an exception for me. Ha, ha, ha. Nope. Same rules apply to you, just like every other scrote. Bye, bitch. Yeah, we don't care. Especially not that person. He just looks like if someone shit in a bag and then try to sculpt it into human form. Richard Spencer. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that's that's my favorite FDS moment of this year. But that also was like yesterday. So maybe it's just because it was like fresh. It's fresh in my memory. <laughs> um, the other hundred, the under, other FDS moment, or that was submitted in the Reddit thread here, was the podcast queens dunking on the Jezebel writer. But since we've already awarded Tracy Clark Flory the Pick Me Hall of Shame, then I, I then yeah, that's an honorable mention for this category. My favorite FDS moment this year actually comes from our Patreon which was mm. the 10 tips for dating a prisoner, which I think we're going to release publicly. <laughs> <laughs> that that episode will be our Christmas gift to you yeah. all. Because yeah. that episode was just... <laughs> I've never laughed so much recording. Honestly, like, our laughs are 100% real. Like, you know how people, like, script podcasts and just put insert laugh in brackets? Laugh track, yeah. That was, like... <laughs> if we're laughing, we're genuinely laughing. And for that one, like, my abs, my stomach was hurting. Yeah. It was just so ridiculous. <laughs> My abs were sore for like hours after that recording that episode. So-, so we're going on break. So we're going to release a couple of our Patreon episodes to the public. And that's one of them. That's one of our favorite ones. If you want a little taste of what 
goes down on the Patreon. It'd be going down on the Patreon. So subscribe to the Patreon if you haven't. (laughs) And then the last one that was mentioned here was discussion about changes in the dating scene since COVID and Lilith's, I haven't been cat called this much since I was 12, which is true. Like I got a lot of sexual harassment when I started going through puberty. I don't know what the fuck is wrong with men. They're all pedophiles. No, they're not all pedophiles, but a lot of them are. I've never met men so thirsty after the COVID lockdown. Like, like after COVID lockdowns, it's like ridiculous. Men are just going to like ridiculous lengths to get women's attention. It's hard to describe to men what it's like to be a young woman. It's kind of like if you're watching The Walking Dead, except for the zombies only go after you if you're a female between the ages of 10 and 15. Yeah. It's really strange because it's like they're, they're slowly, it's like they're following you. They sniff the blood and like no one can see it but you. Imagine if like you're constantly (laughs) being followed by zombies that only you can see. That's what it feels like, honestly, in street harassment. And so then when you tell them like, there's all these guys harassing me, they're like, no, there's not. You're exaggerating. You're like, no, no, we're not. (laughs) Um, This is why it's hilarious when guys call us femcells because they really underestimate the thirstiness of their fellow man. Oh, I think no. They know. They just don't want to acknowledge it, okay? Like, men know how fucking thirsty men are. They just are ashamed of it. <laughs> I mean, on the red pill, they'd be, they'd be, like, calling each other out for, like, paying for OnlyFans or porn because <laughs> saying, like, don't be a simp, guys. You're not helping. You're ruining the cause. So, yeah, that's true. They probably know. But it's still just, yeah, it's just another blatant mischaracterization yeah no the thing i hear from men is they'll say things like oh well when i was 12 i would have loved it if some milf rolled up in a car and like kidnapped me and had sex with me and i'm like uh yeah that's another example of why men and women are different and also that's a lie because the the boys who that has happened to it's been traumatizing for them yeah Yeah, exactly exactly like that's the kind of fucked up thing interacting with men on the internet is whenever we talk about you know, domestic violence or rape, they're always like, men can be abused too. Men can be raped too. But then I, I, a while back, I posted a tweet about how I had an ex who said that um, when he was a teenager, he was like 12 or 13 and had a like sexual relationship with an older woman and how he thought it was like uh, a flex. Like he thought like, oh yeah, I've always been such a Chad. Like I've always been picking up girls ever since I was 12. And I was like, oh, so you got molested? Yeah. And he was, like, offended by that. He was like, I wasn't molested. Like, you know, he, do- he doesn't want to see himself as a victim of sexual abuse. But a ton of guys were, like, retweeting or quote-tweeting that, being like, yeah, like, good for him. Like, yeah, I wish I could be like that guy. Like, oh, what a Chad. Like, that kind of stuff. Like, men will always throw the, oh, men can get raped, too, in the face of feminists to make us shut up about male violence. But then... When, when it comes to actually caring about actual male rape victims, they think it's funny or they think it's like a flex or they think it's cool or like they just don't take it seriously. And notice how we don't defend those women either. We're not like, oh, it's totally biologically normal for women to want to like pick up children. No, those women suck too. Yeah, and we think they should be in jail. So like n- notice the difference in the narrative where men try to justify their pedophilia through some kind of biological imperative, even though it's it's completely unjustifiable and even if it were a biological imperative uh, it just means that we basically need to torture you because we don't need to keep putting that back into uh the human population if you're a pedophile if you're just genetically a pedophile yeah men um, need to go on rapist island like they all need to be sentenced <laughs> to rapist uh, you know 10 year stay on rapist island if they can survive that long <laughs> i'm like just reminiscing fondly on this past year with you ladies it's been a, it's been a wild ride but it's been it's been good. 
I'm like getting emotional. I'd say, I'd say launching the podcast was my favourite FDS moment because I have no media background whatsoever. And it's also really... I'm not meaning to blast our own horns here, but it's quite something putting yourself out there week by week, like just talking to people because um, we get a lot of admiration, but it also comes with a lot of sometimes negativity as well. It might seem hard to believe, but I'm a massive introvert in real life. So even just speaking for hours to people, um, it was quite a big deal for me, but it's gone really well, I think. Oh, and as an aside, also, um, that my mum was very pleased with her nomination and she would like to give a short speech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she would like to give a short speech. <laughs> I mean, just, I mean, like, after she was like, okay, what is FDS? It was like female dating strategy. And then she was like, okay, I need a date. I was like, mum, you're married. But anyway, um, uh, she's like, uh, <laughs> she's like uh the speech is uh dear men please stop spreading e coli disease with your dirty pig habit please clean your bum properly to avoid skin marks on your girlfriend's bed please like um, please lead a safe life by being clean so yeah that is her acceptance speech words of wisdom <laughs> from savannah's mom <laughs> <laughs> much beloved based fds queen she had a short speech (laughs) i love it (laughs) but yeah that was my favorite fds moment was launching the podcast this year and it's just been great to meet so many people have all the guests but also see the community really come to life i feel like like one of the reasons why we started the podcast was so that people can humanize us a lot and i think that's been really successful like even in some of the spaces where we get men jumping on they're nowhere near as hostile when they hear us, um, like hear what we have to say than when they just read it. So yeah, and I'm really looking forward to 22 and seeing how far we can go with both the political podcast and this podcast. Also, I just want to point out we have almost half a million downloads on this podcast already. Woo! We yeah. have 450,000 downloads and 41 episodes. Well, 40, not, you know, if you don't count the trailer, but um, yeah, so hopefully by the time Hopefully we'll hit half a million soon. I'm going to be really happy when that happens. But yeah, I'm really proud of us so far. We should definitely hit a million by next year. Definitely, yeah. The other thing, the other thing I, I wanted to say that I'm really proud of is I get messages or, you know, I get DMs from women all the time saying that um, because of FDS, they found a high value man or because of FDS, they broke up with their shitty abusive ex or, you know, because of FDS, they leveled up and they're living their best single life or, you know, so on. Right. So for me, like, um, you know, people, people often say like, I hope you're proud of yourself for all this hate and horrible stuff you put out in the world. You're harming men, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what, honestly, this podcast really does give me like life. (laughs) It gives, it makes me feel like, uh, I'm like accomplishing something on this planet, doing good for the world. I'm helping women. I'm like, you know, I I feel glad that there's probably tons of women out there who will avoid an abusive relationship because of the advice that they got on FDS. And I think that that, like I could die tomorrow and be super proud and think I've lived a full and complete life just because like, even if just one woman out there was inspired by my words to leave her abuser, I'd be like, that's enough. My life is complete. That's all. I hope to continue in 2022 to be sending out messages, pro-female messages, so that women know their worth and don't put up with shit from men. Well said. What I really love about the FDS podcast, first of all, having two really great co-hosts, 
Besties. Besties. (laughs) Uh, So I know when we were all discussing trying to start a podcast and what that would actually look like and what that would actually mean, just having two co-hosts that were really enthusiastic about doing it, who had such great ideas, who were personable and funny. And I feel like I've learned a lot from you guys. And vice versa. I've learned a lot from you too. Thank you. Um, And also just wanting a space where we could talk about FDS issues without the noise that comes with being on the Reddit. Because one of the biggest complaints that people have about the subreddit is that sometimes the strategy gets drowned out in a lot of the other types of posts. And there's not a whole lot of room to talk about some of the more specific issues in depth. So I'm really, really happy we were able to launch this space to talk about FDS um, in a more cohesive manner. And we've been getting really great feedback from our listeners as well as the Patreon subscribers. And we're hoping to keep expanding and create more media uh, in the vein of FDS, both uh, in the podcast format, but also newsletters and on the website and uh, on our Instagram, on our Twitter, like really, really become a pro woman media conglomerate. So uh, we appreciate all the support that we've gotten so far from everyone. I appreciate all the hard work that everyone who's been involved in FDS in various capacities has put in over this past year. Um, There's a bunch of people working on it behind the scenes as well, who are as of right now, nameless and faceless. So uh, (laughs) thanks to them. (laughs) Thanks to them for their contributions. uh, Because not everybody wants to put their, you know, their voice out there and everything like we do. So just, I'm just so excited. I'm really excited to see what we're going to do in 2022. Thank you. Thank you for your continued support. Uh, If you'd like to support us more and think this is uh, a great organization that you'd like to see expand in the future, uh, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash the female dating strategy. And also our new podcast, Female Political Strategy. And uh, follow us on all of our social media. There's some links at the end of the show notes of this episode. So this is our final episode of the year. Happy New Year. Thanks so much for being with us in 2021, ladies. And hopefully 2022 will be even better. Yeah, we've got some epic plans coming up. Um, So we are really, really excited to take you on this journey with us. Um, Yeah, and wishing you a lovely new year. Do you guys say happy holidays in America or New Year? We do. Well, happy holidays for Christmas. Happy New Year for the New Year. So happy New Year, Queens. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year and happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy Hanukkah. Check out our Twitter at FemDatStrat as well as our Instagram at underscore the female dating strategy. Thank you for listening, Queens. And for all you scrotes out there, your New Year's resolution should be to not be a dirty peak. See you next year, guys.